Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kara Smith. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Lisa Gudenkoff, who is an applied research scientist in health outcomes and behavior at Moffitt Cancer Center. She's here today to discuss her research regarding patient-reported outcomes for prostate cancer, which was recently presented at the ASCO-GU Cancer Symposium. Dr. Gudenkoff, thank you so much for coming on today. Yes. Hi, my name is Lisa Gudenkoff. I'm an applied research scientist at Moffitt Cancer Center. Uh, that means I research quality of life um, and treatment outcomes among cancer patients in the Department of Health Outcomes and Behavior. Great. Um, so I'm excited to learn more about this PRL measure. Uh, my first question is, how did the study come about and why did you decide to focus um, in this setting specifically? Great question. Our principal investigator, Dr. Brian Gonzalez, uh, really wanted to develop a patient-reported outcome measure that would capture the patient experience with radionuclide therapy. Uh, this is often um, used for advanced prostate cancer. Um, and so we wanted to know in this setting with these patients and in this with this particular treatment, um, what are patients experiencing in terms of toxicities? Any patient-reported outcome measure is very important to um, include in a clinical trial. And we also want to know the patient experience in the clinical setting. So without a very specific tailored um, measure that was in existence, we wanted to make sure we provided that so that it would be available and um, we'd be hearing the patient's voice. That's great. Um, so how did you and your team go about designing the measure? Well, it was a multi-step process. So we first went to the patients directly. We asked them in qualitative interviews, what are the symptoms you're experiencing? We also asked caregivers and we asked clinicians. So we wanted to get everyone's experience, um, everyone's input on what they're observing in terms of um, toxicities or symptoms that patients have. Once we knew this kind of general sense from the qualitative interviews, we then selected items that would match those reported symptoms from the FACET um, item library, which is a validated item library available um, online. We went from that to developing a tailored measure. Uh, once we had the measure sort of written down, we went back to the patients, we went back to the clinicians, we asked them, what do you think of these? Does this capture the experience? Is there anything missing? Is there anything um, that you would take out that's not as important? And then we finalized the measure with the items that we have. We wanted to make sure it was brief so it would be usable. And at, we're at the process now of validating the measure in multiple different clinical settings around the world. That's great. So this is obviously a very um, patient-centered process. Uh, what are some of the, um, the specific patient-related factors that the measure is looking for? Great question. There's a broad range of symptoms we're looking at, physical symptoms, quality of life symptoms, uh, just general functioning. Uh, to give you two examples, uh, we know that dry mouth is a common symptom side effect of radionuclide therapy. Sometimes that can even be treatment limiting, so we made sure we included that. Uh, we also were surprised by some of the qualitative interview responses, one of them being um, that patients felt isolated after their radionuclide treatment. So we um, wanted to make sure that we included that sense of isolation as one of the items because it's important to know about. It's important to um, reach out to these patients and provide social support when they're feeling isolated. Right. Um, so you mentioned that the, um, the measure is currently being validated. What are some of the settings where you expect that healthcare providers as well as investigators can start to use it in the future? Well, we hope it'll be used across many different types of settings uh, and across time. So we're first implementing it in a number of different um, cancer centers, often NCI-designated cancer centers or cancer center collaborators in other countries. They are implementing it in the context of clinical trials and in their routine clinical care. 
So once we um, know more about how it's being used in those two settings, then we'll be able to determine if it's appropriate for use as a um, pre-treatment assessment. Can we determine if patients are having too many symptoms and toxicities to move ahead with the treatment plan? Um, will that kind of change the course or the dosing of radionuclide therapy? After that, um, we'll know more about long-term outcomes. So can we determine, do these symptoms stick around? Do they stay for a long time or do they resolve briefly um, after treatment? So we'll know more as we see it in use, um, but we're excited to have it being used across so many different sites with so many collaborators. And this work is really a product of a huge team of people who have all come together to make this possible. Great. That's really exciting to, uh, that you'll be able to start, start seeing it being used in the future. Yes. Anything else you would like to mention? Yes, thank you. I'd like to um, acknowledge the Department of Defense, which funded this research. I'd also like to acknowledge our collaborators. There are too many to mention by name, but again, Dr. Brian Gonzalez is the principal investigator and he has uh, a great team behind him. So we're happy to be spreading the word about this patient reported outcome measure, especially because it allows the patient's voice to be heard directly. And most of all, we want to thank the patients who uh, participated in this research and allowed us to have a better understanding of what they're experiencing. We hope that we can turn around and serve those patients better in the future with this measure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today and explaining all this. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for listening to Oncology Data Advisor. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. In addition to our podcast, the Oncology Data Advisor site features expert perspectives and news stories on the latest in cancer research and treatments, all found at oncdata.com.